welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome back to your favorite horror movie podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month and someone slowly dies. I am that person. My name is Cindy. I'm Josh. Hey, welcome. Welcome to our final show of the year. Well, except for the Christmas podcast. Uh, This is the last month, the last week of November, the last week of our investigative horror. Oh, I remembered it. Uh, month we've watched prisoners we've watched give me the other titles i'm only picture i can only find the pictures in my head not the names what are the other movies we've watched oh i almost said eight millimeter but i watched eight millimeter for myself the other day no we didn't watch that i know um i've just been on a tear of watching investigative horror for me just in pr- like just to augment like what we've been talking about right so we did not watch eight millimeter no we did not um, last week we watched prisoners the week before that, we watched Suspir- Wicker, Man. Nope, Wicker Man and then Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. You jumped back three or four. No, weeks. I. Suspiria was the last of October. October coming into November, yeah. right? Then it was Sleepy Hollow, The Wicker the Man. The Wicker Man, Prisoners, and now Angel Heart. Angel Heart. Okay. A, a movie that I do not joke when I say is one of my all time favorite horror films. Interesting. Um, and I know by saying that, I just split some Let's people's split opinion the of me. Because uh, I know there are people who fucking hate this movie. And I don't care. I fucking love this movie. Oh, I'm worried now. With all of my heart. Okay. Um, released in? in 1987. What can Ooh. you remember about 1987, if anything? Uh, I was seven going on eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Big year for the movies for you. More on that later. <laughs> uh, did E.T. come out that year? That was 82. Okay. Year of my birth. Something came out that year, oh, I yeah. want to Something say. Something did come out that year. Was it Never Ending Story? No. We'll get to it in a second. Okay. Um, the year 1987. I remember 88 more than 87. Is the year whatever. of the Iran-Contra affair. Got early into like full gear. It's where Reagan made the address that was like, my heart tells me we didn't exchange arms for hostages, but sadly, it looks like the truth is we did. Yeah. <laughs> like I wish I could say, and in my heart, I feel yeah. like we didn't. Fuck you, Ronald Reagan. But we did, uh, for yeah. sure. So, the bad. The bad. Grand Contra, Ronald Reagan. The good, WrestleMania three. Okay. Was, 19, <laughs> was 1987. Uh, Platoon won Best Picture that year. How about this for a crazy stat? Mm-hmm. The Simpsons debuted on the Tracy Ullman show I, in 1987. Um, so, oh, wow. I did love the Tracy Ullman show. That means that Fox premiered that year. 1980. I remember the first year. I remember the promos for the new channel, Fox, in Philadelphia. It was channel 29, 24 with cable. Um, they, they were big promos for, like, Tracy Ullman, uh, Married with Children was on the lineup. Like, that. I just remember those were big shows. And Married with Children was, like, their... That was big their anchor maker. show, yeah. Like it was their big to-do. And now look at Fox, how far you've fallen. Mm, in my head, I've always separated Fox the channel from, like, Fox the News Corporation. Mm, but can you, really? Yeah, yeah, I can. All right, go ahead. Because, like, <laughs> okay. one is, like, the X-Files. <laughs> yeah. And the other is, like... Nightmares. Nightmares. Yeah. One's monsters, and the other one is actual monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so there like you go. Ones. 1987 was the year that gave us the births of Evan Peters, Michael B. Jordan, Kendrick Lamar, um, Zach Efron, mm-hmm. and Karen Gillan. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that was the year that we lost Liberace, Andy Warhol, <laughs> didn't mean to laugh. Randolph Scott, Rita Hayworth, Fred Astaire, Lee Marvin, and James Baldwin. Oh gosh. There's a so, lot of people. Okay, I'm going to say is Zach then. Efron, you got a lot of ground to cover. For the people that had to die so you could be born. That had to die. You killed so many, Zach. It's like a it's like the gate at an amusement park. So many people have to leave before you can let more people in. Yeah. Damn it. Um Okay. How about the movies? Okay. This came out against. Um here's where it gets interesting. So many good movies. And I'm gonna talk about a couple of Cindy's favorite movies of all time. How about Not Saturday Night Live? 1987 is Full Metal Jacket. Not my favorite movie. Cindy's favorite. No. No. Hellraiser, The Princess Bride, Mm -hmm. Lost Boys, Predator, Robocop, one of my favorite movies of all time, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Dirty Dancing, Uh, 
There it is. Go ahead. Oh, we're not there yet. The Running Man, The Monster Squad. <laughs> these are all your. These are all time. just your favorite movies. Raising Arizona, Fatal Attraction, Lethal Weapon, Evil Dead Two, Nightmare on Elm Street Three, Near Dark, and for Cindy, Flowers in the Attic. Oh God, I do love that movie. And Moonstruck. I love. Ugh. Moonstruck's my favorite my, Nicolas Cage of all Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage's. Mine would be Mandy. Good. Yeah, there we go. Mine's Moonstruck. 1987, the year. Stacked. That is Fucking stacked. What a great stacked. year. Stacked. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, so Angel Heart. Angel Heart is not only a movie that I love. I think it might be a but first. I don't hear that among that list. For the podcast. A movie you love? No. What? Um, this movie is rated X. Oh. Joshua, <laughs> my goodness! This movie is rated X. As your common law wife, you can just ask to watch porn. We don't have to have a whole podcast for five years leading up to it. Fun fact: This movie is a little porny. Um, Fun fact: We will not be watching this with the woman I keep in my basement. Uh, no, um, it is. This movie is one hour and fifty-three minutes long. It was released March sixth of nineteen eighty-seven. Um, it's a movie. It is written and directed by Alan Parker. Who directed Pink Floyd's The Wall, the movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like uh, that movie. Mississippi Burning. That was important when I was a teenager. Yeah, Mississippi Burning, The Commitments, and Avita with Madonna. Oh, God. We, why don't we ever talk about that movie? It was so, so, okay. It's based on a novel by William Hortzberg. I think it's how you say it right when it's H.J. Hortzberg. Hjort, yeah. Hjort. Yep. Weird. My mouth can make that noise very easily. Swedish people. Hjort. Yeah. Uh, okay. It stars Mickey Rourke as Bef- Harry Angel. Is this, this is back at the Harry height of Angel? his like good lookingness. That's what I was about he to was say. Is mega this handsome? This is before he looked like a Bef- monster person. So it's before the before uh, the boxing career and the surgeries and all that shit. Yeah, the the bad surgeries. Yeah. I would say that there are two bookends to his career okay there's the before oh, yeah. all the stuff and i would say the best film of that period is this not then, not nine and a half weeks or whatever no. <laughs> post all the surgeries and stuff it's definitely the wrestler yeah everyone kind of says that so other than that um sin city pope of greenwich village uh diner oh wait that's another one people talk about too nine and a half weeks which is a reason to be like what if we just had people have sex a lot well this one's rated x it is so, I mean, he, he's kind of typecast. He's the Sharon Stone of men. Weirdly, yeah, kind of. She didn't have a, oh, she didn't have a messed up surgery, though. I mean, she just kind of aged out because Hollywood's like that. Still time. <laughs> Hollywood's awful to women. Um, okay, so he's our lead. Our second lead is, and I'm going to have to talk a lot about movies they've been in, is Robert De Niro. Okay. Uh, he's super plays, glad I'm about to watch a porn with Robert fucking De Niro. He plays Louie. It's not a porn. It looks like my dad. Um, we'll get to the person that makes it rated X in a second. Okay. Uh, and yeah. Madonna. Robert fucking De Niro. So before this movie, mm-hmm. he had made Mean Streets, Godfather 2, Taxi Driver, 1900, Deer Hunter, Raging Bull, King of Comedy, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in America, and Brazil. Yeah. Then after this movie, he went on to do... Um, the Untouchables, Midnight Run, Goodfellas, Backdraft, Cape Fear, Casino, Heat, Copland, and Jackie Brown. Plus a slew of other movies. Yeah. Robert De Niro We've even gotten to the Falkers. Arguably one of the biggest and most important actors in the 20th yes. century. Yes, 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 yes. Robert fucking De Niro. Yep. Um, he's not in this movie a ton, but when he shows up, he's the centerpiece of this movie. Yep. Uh, and then, hey. He's a quiet power. Mm-hmm. I find fascinating. The, he's a very quiet man. Mm-hmm. The, the, the reason this movie is rated X. Lisa Bonet. Really? Okay. Um, Mary- she plays Epiphany Proudfoot. This is, point of fact, the movie that made Bill Cosby kick her off the Cosby I show. I was about to say, we know her from the Cosby show. And this was the movie that, when he saw it, told her she could no longer be on the Cosby show. Is it because he had been trying to have sex with her the whole time? And she know. was saying no, and then she turned out to do this, and he got angry? I just know that this movie ended her Cosby career. So there you go. Yeah, she um, got... Well, it wasn't the Cosby shit that she was already had a different world by then. But yeah, she got written off pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. She would go on to also be in High Fidelity and Enemy of the State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet married to... Uh, Not anymore. 
they got divorced. No, no, no. Jason she, Momoa? Before Jason Momoa, she was with, uh, um, no, uh, whatever, I'll just stop. Or is it sad that I know exactly who you're talking about? And all I can Lenny think Kravitz. about is, are you going to go my way? Yeah. <laughs> she was with Lenny Kravitz. They have a daughter together who's now an actress herself. There you go. All right. So Lisa um, Bonet makes some nudie choices in this film. And I, then what I'm hearing. The last person I'm going to talk about is Charlotte Rampling, who plays Margaret Cruzmark. Margaret Cruzmark. Um, she's in The Dam, The Night Porter, Orca. The hilarious Jaws ripoff about a killer whale. Okay. Uh, the verdict, never let me go, swimming pool and melancholia. Okay. Like, there you go. There we go. This fucking movie. Um, I sent you the poster so All you can take right. a look at it. Here I we go. tell you that it, the tagline for this movie is, Harry Angel is searching for the truth. Pray he doesn't find it. You have not sent me the poster, my dear. This is the part of the podcast where Josh sends me an original poster of the movie, and I try to uh, predict the plot with rough accuracy. Uh, last week's Prisoners, I believe, I said was... Uh, uh, a guy gets a, out of jail and then has to... No, like, escape. Yeah, it was an escape Tries to live convict. his life, but a cop's like after well, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So here we go. Boop. All right. So here we go. Oh, this is, it will, it will scare you, you to your very soul. Uh, Harry Angel has been hired to search for the truth. Pray he doesn't find it. Mickey, where, where, um, I'm going to say that this is the better version of, what's that Keanu Reeves movie? Devil's Advocate. I'm going to say this is about a guy trying to find out, like he's a journalist trying to find out about this like real powerful person and it turns out the guy's the devil that's what i'm going to say angel hearts about okay how close am i oddly right in certain spots and way totally off base in others okay well hmm is he just is he a high-powered attorney <laughs> this is a movie about high-powered attorneys okay terrific where one of them is trying to convince counter to have sex with his sister in order to produce that's a whole plot line it that is movie. that's how it kind of ends all right where can we watch this movie other than on uh special blu-ray so i believe this is free on prime oh nice <laughs> so okay there you go um i saw it free somewhere i think it's on prime if, if not i'm free. sure it's uh this movie should be too hard to find uh it does have an old blu-ray Ooh. like a north american blu-ray i've got there's this massive, like, well, not massive, but this beautiful steelbook 4K that came out last year that I have. Whenever I don't say it's a steelbook, it ends up being a steelbook. And then when I'm like, a steelbook collection, you're like, I don't, they're not all like that. So there you go. That's what we're going to watch. Okay. I hope you and the listeners enjoy this fucked up movie as much as I enjoy this fucked up movie. A movie that, while I love, I do not go back to revisit that often. Because it's a fucked up movie? Yeah, it's not a movie that you're like, man, that was... Oops, sorry. Man, that was super fun. Let's go back and do that again. Yeah. Oh, y yay. Super glad to watch this now. All right. Well, join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Mr. Angel, my client, Monsieur Louis Sattar. Do you by chance remember the name Johnny Favorite? My interest is only in finding out if he's alive or if he's dead. You want me to check it out? I'm a private detective paid to snoop around. He's dead, Mr. Angel. Well, you know what they say about slugs. They always leave slime in their tracks. Are you afraid? Yeah, I'm afraid. I'm a murder suspect already in two cases. Did you kill him? No, but the cops might think I did. The Prince of Darkness protects the powerful. The egg is the symbol of the soul. Did you know that? Funny, I have a feeling I've met you before.
we just got done watching Angel something. Fallen Angel? Broken Angel? What's the name of this movie again? Angel Heart. Angel Heart. <laughs> it's whatever. What did everybody think? I liked it, despite not being able to recall the name, because it's a weird name. I think you have Alzheimer's. <laughs> that too. Nah, I just smoke a lot of pot. Um, this movie, I like the, I truly, as soon as I saw that the other name was called Fallen Hearts, or Fallen Heart. Falling, at, falling Angel. Sorry, Falling Angel. <laughs> See aforementioned comment. I was like, okay. And then as the movie progressed, I was like, that would have been a dope ass name. Because the guy's name is Valentine. Oh, I get it. It was Angel. <laughs> His name was Harry Angel. No. Yeah, I know. But the other guy, it was Johnny Valentine, wasn't it? Or who was this? The crooner. Johnny Favorite. Johnny. Oh, okay. Never mind. But they were born on Valentine's Day. That's it. But it, anyway, whatever. As soon as I realized, I was like, what was going on? I'm like, oh, that would have been a cool name. Because it's also like Lucifer, like a double entendre, the fallen angel. That would have been cool. And then that's just kind of what I associate. What I remember from this movie is... I was going to say, do you mean Lewis Cipher? I remember <laughs> Robert De Niro with flowing hair like my Uncle Mark. And uh, I remember... Oh, that's what his face looks like before the accident for... Uh, what's his face? And I was like, oh, he, he was something. He was something to look at. Names aren't your strong suit today, are they? <laughs> We're recording this early before uh, a very large Thanksgiving meal, so I'm not all together with it, but what's his uh, name? You mean Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. I was thinking Ricky Gordon, and the I'm like, that's not a name, Cindy. go on to not only have a monster face, thanks to a boxing, a failed boxing career and lots of plastic surgery, but would also do a lot to damage a lot of other people in hollywood and not necessarily be the best guy kind oh of see i know problematic human i know nothing about his backstory kind other than he was in a pretty bad plastic surgery fiasco like yeah they he, fucked like it was bad he went and down the, the doctor went to jail or something hole because initially when his acting role started to dry up he became a boxer okay and then just got punched in the face a bunch as you and do. And people were like, uh, and then he was like, I'm going to go back to acting and then had a bunch of plastic surgeries. To try and, and fix the. Not so much. He looks like a totally different person. He really does. It, it's, it's it's like, yeah. I always say there's two Mickey Rourke careers. There's there's the pre-plastic surgery stuff, yeah. which is, I think this is his best movie, pre-plastic surgery. And then there's the post-plastic surgery, which we talked about. His best the movie wrestler. being The Wrestler, probably. Yeah. Um, but they don't look like the same person. Not at all. Like, it, it at all. It truly is like comparing uh, Kenny Rogers from 1977 and Kenny Rogers from 2017. Like, oh, that's the same person. That's weird. Uh, okay, one looks yeah. like a balloon man. The only thing they had in common was their love of chicken. Their love of <laughs> Kenny Rogers roasters. It's cockadoodle good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That is a did think we'd be talking about Mad TV. Mad this TV early skit in the that uh, we Happy both Thanksgiving, love. by the way. Happy everyone. Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy whatever. Are we supposed to hate this holiday? Is that how this works now? I or? think if we embrace the idea that today is a day to get together with family and be thankful for them, no, we're fine. Which is kind of what the African American population has always done. It's never been, oh, we're thankful for this land. It's we're thankful to have a day off that we can spend together. And as long as we kind of honor that, I think we're okay. It's the minute that we're like, God bless those pilgrims. God bless them and their freedom of religion that got us to come here and be horrible, horrible Christians. Like, that's not okay. I, yeah, it's like a double-edged sword because I, I really hate the pilgrims because they were terrible. But I also really like not having to go to work. Right. It's, so. It's very interesting living in West Virginia. Do that what you will. <laughs> Where I grew up in New Jersey, uh, there's, it's not large, but the uh, native population, their, their reserve is there. It's the Lene Lenape people. They're a branch of the Delaware Indian. And didn't, weren't they the ones who made the pet cemetery? God, I hope so. Uh, I believe, I believe that's true. The Lene Lenape and the Del, yeah. Um, and we have, <laughs> there are two high schools. There's the Shawnee High School and Lenape High School. But I don't, like, even their mascots have changed over the years. Like, they don't use the native stuff. 
by God, West Virginia does, and they will defend it till they die. Because it's an honorable thing. They named themselves the Indians because there was an Indian player, and he was proud. He was proud that the team was named after him. Bet he was, buddy. I bet he was. Well, when you live in an echo chamber and you only have other people validating your opinion, which is essentially West Virginia, Mm -hmm. um, it's very easy to even like people look at West Virginia on election day and they're like, wow, it's so red. But you can even just surround yourself with like 20 other like minded Mm -hmm. leftist people. And then you get caught in this echo chamber thing in West Virginia because there's really not a lot of representation here. Correct. Um, Essentially, it's like. What if my beliefs, but only through white people? It's because yeah. there's not a lot of like diversity, diversity. here. Um, I was applying for a fellowship <clears throat> at this company at this place, and I had to explain. Um, you know, my, my big unit is about the European Holocaust, and it's like, no, you don't understand. There are like no Jewish people in West Virginia. In 15 years of teaching, I've had three students who I, who are and have been like born and went through a bat mitzvah Jewish. Uh, well, hold on. Let me, I'm not, a, I'm not a math person, but let me check my math. Fast. <laughs> yeah. Three appears to be more than zero. Well, but if you think <laughs> I've had 90 students over 50 years or over 15, 50, it feels like that over 15 years. I mean, we're talking almost over a thousand students. So if we're, you know, three over a thousand, we're talking about fractional numbers well, here. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, like, I don't want to paint West Virginia as this place where there are no non-white, it's just non-Christian people. But it, they are 100% them. I say they, as in I am not white, but I am definitely not a Christian. They are, um, it's like the majority. And like, for instance, when I was a small child living in Pennsylvania, like, I grew up around, like, a bunch of different people. Like, I, I had, like, friends that were black and Asian, and then we moved to West Virginia, and then there it just wasn't a thing because yeah. it, they just didn't exist here, especially where I grew up. So, like... Different. It's wild. So you get caught, you get locked in that echo chamber, mm-hmm. and then you're like, well, of course, like, our, our mascot's a drunken Native American, but that's... It's a proud thing, like... I know. Because... You're running off of, like, your history of, like, 40 years. And listen, there was an interview with him where he said he was happy about it. Really? So they went up to this one Native guy, a white person, and were like, hey, you're on the Indians. How do you feel about that name? And he was supposed to say in 1917, actually, it's hella racist, and I wish you'd stop saying that. No, of course. Oh, it's it's nice. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of. Sorry. This, I could just go on about this forever. And how problematic this is. <laughs> Let's talk um, about Angel Heart also does something problematic. Okay. Which is there's the thing in Hollywood and it's not necessarily Angel Heart itself, it's like a Hollywood thing where they're like voodoo. It's yeah. Just yeah. Black people dancing around. And and like fucking the ground. And it's like the and, devil. Yes. And it's like satanic. And um it's none of that. Yeah. It's uncomfortable to watch sometimes. It's definitely a white person's take on an out it's an outsider view of like the what we saw was literally what um heart saw like oh they're going crazy and mouthing and talking about chickens and you know humping each other like that's at I any mean, point did anyone go and talk to this, someone like a practitioner this view of voodoo goes back to like I walked with a zombie. Yes, it and does. I love that movie too. I thought that I thought much, that as well. Very much that, like you know, oh, they made zombies with like their special voodoo power. Yes, and they're all magical and same. You I know, thought the exact same thing. I was like, uh, okay, this is so archaic, but okay. Hmm. It was an interesting. The story was really interesting. It was. Um, and it, it was twists and turns and and i felt like i caught on pretty quickly but <laughs> well let's go ahead and because we've not done this okay what is the story don't you about tell us what this is about because i wanted to go ahead and get the yes there is problematic elements of this movie because it is a movie from the 80s a post-war pi is hired by a sketchy man to find a missing veteran who owes the man something. There you go. I don't want to give away the ending in the summary. 
the English teacher in me won't let that happen. I mean, we're going to talk about it in a minute anyway, but okay. IMDb has a private investigator hired by a man who calls himself Lewis Cipher. See, but just by putting it together like that, you've ruined the ending. To track down a singer named Johnny Favorite, but the investigation takes an unexpected. Well, I purposely left out. I left out some names because I would have gotten them wrong. Okay, so it's like 1954. I think that's what they said. Yeah. So the war is still kind of fresh in everyone's mind. If we have VE Day in 46 is that right 45 46 and the war ended in 45 in 45 and vj day ends in 40 but the war ended in total in 45 oh i thought there were two years apart between ve and vj day and someone's probably going to call me on this because it's been a long time since i've really dove into world war ii history but my understanding is like the war ended in europe in early 45 Mm -hmm. and then it ended in because it wasn't yeah. like six months later that it was over. Like once, then it was over for everyone. Once Germany was out, like Japan was kind of like an. Once Germany was out, and we dropped two bombs that could destroy the world on two very small towns in Japan, and then wonder why is Japan so weird? Um, yeah, that proud that ended it. So but we're within ten years of the end of the war, mm-hmm. and so this movie does a good job kind of addressing how that impacts everyday life. Every day, you know, oh, we're in the war. Like, that's a common question. You know, oh, it didn't come back after. The, like, it's yeah, something and, that really impacted and the time all of the world. interesting because, like, 54, 55, you're still in the shadow of World War Two, mm-hmm. but you aren't really in the Korean War or, stage I would say yet. you're not really in the Cold War yet. That was mm-hmm. going to dominate like the late 50s all the way through like the 80s. Yeah, I was I was more thinking like the Korean War when right. we kind of brought our Asian bias to the next peninsula down kind of a thing. The, the mid to like the early to mid 50s still had a very much a 40s vibe. Yes. Like it was like people catching up on everything they've missed because of the war. They were little. Yeah. And, like, there were little things that I kind of was like, oh, yeah, actually, that's probably period. You know, he wouldn't use, he didn't use the belt loops on his belt. He just kind of put the belt over the pants. And I was like, that is so annoying. But, A, in a zoot suit era, which would be late 40s, early 50s, that was the look. On top of, like, oh, if he has changed so much, like, lost all this weight, you know what I mean? It, I guess his pants wouldn't fit. They also, like... A plot point, we'll talk about it more in a minute, but a plot point is like ballpoint not existing before the war. Yeah. Like ballpoint Little, yeah, pens that's true. existed because of World War II. Yeah. They weren't the, the fountain pen, the fountain pens or the, the flow pens. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Essentially, this is a movie in the so here's, 50s This is a movie about a, a private detective is hired by a mysterious man to find... This old timey singer, Johnny Favorite. He's like a 40s crooner. He was a 40s crooner who disappeared after the Johnny war. Johnny Favorite or Johnny Liebling. And, or Johnny Liebling, Liebling, yeah. German. Yes. And that could be translated to Favorite. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Leap, yeah, that would make sense. Leap, yeah. So he, in the process of trying to find this guy, realizes that he was a very successful singer who had kind of this weird double life um with the very very rich very very wealthy as well as the they're not really enslaved but the the people of color that kind of service their household i would say like their servants and i read it more as he's in the music scene Mm -hmm. so he plays with it's called the spider simpson orchestra um so it's him and he's singing and he's like working essentially his job as a musician he's working with almost exclusively like black people right like people of color right mm-hmm. um so he's got that on one hand and on the other hand he is like this anomaly with southern high society because he is so ingrained in like satanic shit right that like so yeah it's revealed um about a half about two-thirds away in the movie that the upper crust elite it's almost, it's kind of like what was that movie the with the sub, hide and the, seek the southern upper elite no what was the hide and seek movie that we um, watched ready, or not? ready yeah they both kind of tie into each other when they say that like the very rich richest people in America are helped by satan and that's just the way it is and this guy Johnny 
Liebel, Liebel favorite <laughs> um, was this really powerful, you know, worshiper in, I don't know. And he sold his soul to become a pop star, a pop star. And right as he was getting to be huge, he was drafted to the war. Then, but drafted to the war the same way like a lot of people in Hollywood were. Where, right, like, time they to had go. to do like USO shows. Right, and then he. But they got bombed, and he actually got hurt, and he got sent back, and, and that's when he disappears. Yeah. So Mr. Cipher is trying to find him because he owes him something. It's been twelve years. Spoiler and, alert! It's a soul. <laughs> yeah, and he's trying to find him, and he goes to oh, it was this veteran's home, and he realizes like oh. For 12 years, this doctor was paid to just kind of lie and say this guy was still alive when really he's been gone for 12 years. And then he and he left like with bandages all over his face and nobody knows what he looks like. Then he goes to all the different musicians he used to sing with. Then he finds the woman that he was supposed to marry, this rich lady. Then he finds the woman that he had a child with, one of the, the servants. And through all this, like he's trying to track this guy I, down. But I about, don't think she was a like... Evangeline Proudfoot, I don't think she was a servant. Here's why I think so. I think that if we're talking about this movie and New Orleans and seeing it through the white perspective, then we would have to say that the white people have the power or like have the ability and they get all the money, but they have to see the native population and the people of color's population in order to do the ceremony and make things happen. I definitely see this as a they're still being used thing. Yeah, me. I'm like not. he had to go to he had to go to Evangeline Proudfoot to get how to do what he wanted to do, right? And kind of used her and uh, accidentally had a kid with her that he may or may not have known about. And but it, it was more like he used her to get what he needed, not because he. Okay, here's I'm I totally agree with you that the characterization you know when they talk about Johnny Favor and Johnny Liebling. Um, because he's essentially like a character from the past. Right. He, he is definitely a monster. And, the, you know, I think uh, at one point he's described as like the closest thing to pure evil you'd ever want to be near. Yep. So I'm not disagreeing with the fact that like, yes, he was using Margaret Cruzmark and her connections mm -hmm. and her father and his power. And yes, he was using Evangeline Proudfoot and like her knowledge. But I don't believe she was a servant because she owned a store in new york but he had to go to that store and yeah. use her and use what she had 100 percent. but i'm not saying like she she wasn't like a i feel servant. like she was an, almost like an employee almost she wasn't him. a servant in like someone's house I see, okay i see what you mean the you know what yeah. she was like she owned a store and she had this knowledge of like voodoo that he was able to like exploit pry from her exploit and twist to his own ends and he does right i mean he's, he's a bag of shit i'm not saying he's not i'm just saying like I think it's, I don't want to say disempowering, but it it's kind of to take someone who wasn't a servant. And I oh, and give her that and title. And be like, so you were like a servant. <laughs> she, she was an employee. She was more than likely hired by him or he first sought her out because, oh, you know how to do this ritual, right? And yeah. And so then he, I feel like he definitely used his manipulative powers. Well, yeah, we're definitely in, in conjecture. And used his, now. I'm higher than you. <laughs> Like, it's true. Anyway, I would argue like, yes, he probably was like, I'm semi-famous, too famous, and also good looking. Like, and a white guy, you're going to do what I said. I, I think it's more like, oh, you want to? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I see everything, especially in Louisiana, Mississippi era at that time, but is I'm a white guy. You're going to do this for this me and not tell anybody. This happened in New York. That's right. Before she moved back. Okay. Anyway, so and like, I like the fact that we've really dug into the minutiae. Two of this days behind, but we've not really been able to describe the plot of this movie. About a day behind him, everybody that he visits ends up dead in these horrific manners. However, he always has. A, a pretty good alibi but he keeps going to mr cypher and he's like look these people keep dying and they're gonna put me on the hook and cypher's like did you do it and he's like, no and he's like well then you're safe don't worry about it you're protected and he's like oh but still he's like i'll give you more money like okay very lucifer like oh, if i give you money you'll still do it not lucifer dollars. um judas if i give you money you'll still do it and he's like okay fine i'll do it and then at the end of the movie you find out he has been killing them all and part of his contract with Lucifer was, you know, he gets to be famous and he gets, 
he's almost protected. And so the only reason that he hasn't been arrested for all these people is because he's still kind of under the protection of Lucifer. And then once he figures it out, it's like, you killed all these people. You're going to fry. Holy shit. And it kind of all collapses in on him. And he realizes that he's the one who did it. He finds out who Mr. Sefer was. He realizes that Sefer was actually kind of protecting him. And it, oh, it's crazy. Okay. Let me take a crack at making this really succinct. Okay. I mean, you can try, but I think I did a great okay. job. Harold Angel is a private detective in like 1954, 1955. He's hired by Robert De Niro, who has crazy good hair. And upsetting fingernails. Very upsetting fingernails. To track down the singer called Johnny Favorite, right? He Correct. starts in New York. He interviews all these people. He goes to um, New Orleans and interviews more Southern people. Everyone he talks to ends up dead violently. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking hearts cut out, dicks shoved in throats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and it's... the whole thing is he's looking for Johnny Favorite because Johnny Favorite owes something to his not manager robert de niro and his upsetting fingernails his fingernails are so you find out that johnny favorite could conjure the devil he made a deal for fame and then disappeared after he was hurt in the war right right i just want to just do a succinct thing for everyone who's listening we find out that that in his path to do that he has met a woman like he's engaged to a debutante who's kind of into black magic um, he has an affair with a woman of color and has a child that he kind of abandons and dips. He meets the child who's now 17. Yep. With um, a child of her own. Lisa Bonet. And they have very aggressive sex. Which very is the reason aggressive. this movie is rated X. Um, long story short, it turns out that De Niro's the devil and he hired Mickey Rourke's character, mm-hmm. um, Harold Angel or Harry Angel. Because he was Johnny Liebling or Johnny Favorite. And he had, after being injured in the war, needed to hide from the devil so that he couldn't lose his soul. Right. So he did this incantation magic thing in Times Square. This other kid on on VE Day during the big parties. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he's hiding inside that man. Right. Or if... His face is just different because of the plastic surgery that had been required. But essentially, like, he's hiding in plain sight thanks to, like, black magic Mm -hmm. and the murder of a soldier on um, VE Day. Right. And that's why he doesn't look the same. And the whole movie ends with him realizing, because he's done such a good job of hiding, that he did not know that he was the one doing it. Because why would you take a job looking for yourself? Um it was pretty crazy and then you find uh, yes you fucked your daughter yes yes you murdered your daughter jean ben- or not jean benet lisa bonet yes you murdered everyone who was connected to your past life yep and then now you're going to be executed by the state of louisiana and go to hell and he's like you know he said you're gonna burn for this and he was like yeah in hell so there you go that's as succinct as i can this movie is complicated it's very complicated <laughs> You don't realize that he has horrifically raped and murdered his daughter until after, like, it, it tr- it's like, it's it's porn. It's very hot and like, oh, okay. And then... It's a Mickey Rourke movie from the 80s. Yeah, exactly. And then... It's a Mickey Rourke, have sex with that woman and make it look like you're actually doing it. Is he nine and a half weeks that was him, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, very nine and a half weeks of him. And... Except the difference is... In this movie, Lisa Bonet wasn't like, Mickey Rourke was a monster. Kim Basinger, not a fan of Mickey Rourke. Right. Also, Robert De Niro, not a fan of Mickey To be fair, Lisa Bonet doesn't talk about her celebrity. Does that make sense? She's. We know Lisa Bonet because she's been in the spotlight being married to Lenny Kravitz, then Jason Momoa. She doesn't do, and and mother of Zoe Kravitz, who's a, a star in her own right. Lisa doesn't talk about it. She's been around, it, and honestly... I worry about it now that I say it out loud. She grew up around a monster that was Bill Cosby, who then had the fucking balls to be like, this movie's about rape, and you're not, no, you're not in my this anymore. No, 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 no. He, was, no he wasn't about rape. It was about sex and and it was, Satan and all that. It was the fact that she was having, like, aggressive sex Yeah, with that's what I mean. Like, for him, it, oh, it, sorry, it was, yes. like, the nudity. He's like... This goes against your good girl image. And yep. you can't have you on the show if you're going to be out there, like, 
showing everyone your boobs and like meanwhile and he never mind we all know what he was up to that night those nights so and like she just and then uh, apparently around mickey rourke like she just doesn't talk about she doesn't do press she doesn't do publicity for things i mean gosh uh, oh, what was that movie with John Cusack that she was so big, so good in? Uh, high Fidelity. High Fidelity. Like, she didn't do press for that. Like, it's not it's not something she does. So, for all we know, he was fucking awful to her. And she's just a woman uh, of quiet. I have a quote that says otherwise. Uh-oh. Okay, go ahead. So, um, this was her very first film role. Like, she'd only done TV before this. Okay. Um, and before accepting the role, which involved nudity and the sex scenes, she was 18 at the time. So she went to Bill Cosby and was like, Hey, I'm going to do this movie. It's going to have a lot of nudity in it. Um, and he was like, okay, like you're an adult, like you need to do what you need to do for your acting career. And then, um, and then it turns out that he was pissed off that she went so against her good girl image with, uh, that's why negative that- publicity f- that this movie brought It'd be, it's wild that somebody like bill cosby would be like you're fine to your face and then behind your back try to ruin your life that's weird he didn't do that to everybody he knew sorry i just don't like that man i feel yeah. very betrayed by bill cosby um and as far as the sex scene goes she has been quoted as saying it was a lot of fun to do to explore these elements inside yourself and to get it in front of everyone was like getting caught with your hand in the cookie jar she said that it was totally unchoreographed, so Mickey and I had did a lot of freedom. It was three hours of just sex with um, the director, Alan Parker, screaming, more blood. Mickey was nervous, and wow. I was nervous. He had never done um, a nude scene before on this level either, because nine and a half weeks and whatnot to come after, after. this. <laughs> um, uh, but actually, by the time we shot the scene, which was our last major thing, I was beginning to feel a lot more comfortable. Okay. I mean, she never at one point is like, Mickey was such a fun guy and he was great. It, it's all about her. She talks about herself. Mm-hmm. This is how I felt. It, it, little things like that make you kind of go, mm, she's, she's seen some shit. Um, this movie was very good. It had some parts that kind of started to drag a little bit, but it didn't last very long. I just kept feeling like I was in Inception because it just kept going. And then I'm like, all right, that's what, nope, kept going. Okay, nope, that's it. It kept going. And I think it's to kind of show how depraved he had become and how awful everything was. So. I I think like my memory of this movie is once it goes from New York to New Orleans, like the New Orleans stuff is super fast. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, it's like half the movie. Yeah. So like there were a couple side, like I think you could have dropped the stuff with the two guys and the dog. I think you could have totally dropped that out of the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, like that didn't need It to. was nice because you got to see, like, a little bit more of, like, Louisiana. Like, mm-hmm. when he got out of the car and went down to buy, like, the clams or whatever. I mean, that was that, cool. But, but it doesn't need to happen. it just, it felt, like, extra. Yeah. Like, you could have cut a couple minutes out of this movie, but I fucking love this movie. Uh, I did mention that De Niro and Mickey Rourke hated each other so talk about that a little movie. so de niro's de niro yeah well i mean de niro is he comes with a certain amount of respect right you if you're know, going into a movie and you're like oh i'm working against robert de niro i'm gonna shut up and take a step back and let him teach me he's yeah. one of the greatest actors two, of this two, century two fun things about de niro in this movie before we talk about him and Mickey oh, okay he based his mannerisms not like his like you know what he was saying but like the way he like moves and the way he interacts with people off of martin scorsese he also like his style of clothing him. is martin scorsese hopefully not the nails because that's no, gross but like the, men with the, long nails the immaculate suits yeah. and everything uh and then the thing of like he didn't have big glasses when they're so. in church and like mickey works cursing he just keeps going Shh, please, Mr. Angel, we're in a church. Please stop cussing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's pretty good, too. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, also, apparently, Alan Parker said that De Niro's performance was so fucking unnerving. Like, every time they would, like, shoot a scene with him, he's like, he would just sit down and start doing it. And I'd be like, I'm not even going to tell him what to do. I just, yeah. He's like, at one point, he just came over and was like, hey so you're like just killing this just you do you 
Like, I'm not going to give you any I don't blame it. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you're doing is spot on. Yes. Because, like I like, said, you okay. take a step back and you just go, okay, this is how he interprets it. He knows how to read a script. He knows how to become a character. Go. Yeah. There's a scene in this movie between him and Mickey Rourke that I think is the entire movie in one scene and i love when movies do that what's that at the end no it's when he meets him in the cafe in new york and okay it's where De- it's, it's when Italian de niro's one. like drinking know, his little espresso. you know what they say about slugs they always leave slime in their tracks and he's he's got those hard-boiled eggs yes and he's like you know peeling some them with cultures, his long gross fingernails yeah he's like in some cultures the egg is the symbol of the soul and then he fucking eats the symbol yes. of the soul yeah and at the same time where he's poured salt on it um, Mickey Rourke picks it up and throws it over his left shoulder. Right. Which is a old thing about like, so the devil can't see you. Yeah. That's the whole movie in one scene. Side note, I throw us all over both sides because I don't be watched by anybody. Like, that's the same. That's the, that's the whole movie in one scene. Yeah. It's like De Niro eating a soul. And him and trying to him keep him And him trying away. to hi- keep De Niro from seeing him. Yep. I agree. It's just crazy. But, Okay. Okay. The reason that Mickey Rourke and De Niro did not get along is is De Niro does that thing where he's in it to win it. Mm-hmm. He acts in a movie, um, and in this movie, he was like, "I'm playing the devil, and I'm not supposed to. No one's supposed to know I'm the devil." So, and to be intimidating and weird and upsetting, he did the thing that a lot of actors do, where they're like, "Hey, I'm going to come in and I'm going to shoot, but I'm not going to like." Talk to anybody. Talk to anyone. Yep. Get your head get your head in um, your right space. And that apparently pissed Mickey Work off. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Even even what ugh, you, like it's kind of this unspoken thing. It's why like Eric Andre, I think, gets away with what he does. Is it's like, oh, is this your process? Is that okay, like actors are very supposed to be very respectful of each other's process. Some people are method. You're gonna come across Daniel Day Lewis, who's only gonna call you by your character's name and act weird. Robert De Niro probably sits in his trailer, his luxurious trailer, gets himself together, figures it out, gets his head, and go. Go onto the stage or scene and just go. Go through it and do it. So to interrupt that, that's not on Robert De Niro. That's on Mickey Rourke. Yeah, but... Like, if if Robert De Niro said, like, hey, this is how I... Or even his people. Like, hey, this is how he does it. Um, he just kind of goes through and then onto this like onto the set you just need to let him go and mickey Rourke was bothered by that that's on mickey Rourke. well no i totally agree but i'm just saying like that is the nature of the few and it's still going Tough like they yeah still don't like each other um and apparently it was a thing where like mickey Rourke was beyond excited to work with robert de niro and then when de niro turned up he was like between takes he'd be like so like he'd ask my questions and de niro would just walk away <laughs> Because it sounds like someone's not listening to what he was told. Like, people laugh and they say it's stupid about, like, don't look her in the eye when she comes off set or, you know, whatever. But I kind of talked to some people about that because I thought that was ridiculous. And someone said, yeah, but think if you're Oprah, right? And you just get through this emotional interview and you're headed back to your office. And suddenly, like, everyone you know is like, hey, how about this? Like, there's a million questions to answer. Everybody who sees her is going to want an autograph. Everyone who sees her wants to be like, hey, so when you made uh, this, like, what? Like, it's a lot. And so maybe it's great if we don't look at her, don't talk to her at all. Let her just go to her dressing room. And then when she comes out, she'll talk. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like. I get like, oh, he wanted to have his questions answered or whatever. So then you go to their people and like, hey, I want to get to know him for our. And then they'll tell you how to do that. I'm not even in the business. And I know that my my thing is it's it's not so much like this is a thing because this happens all the time. It's the fact that how long it's been and it's still going. I think this is very one sided in 2019. When Scorsese made The Irishman, mm-hmm. he very publicly, like Mickey Rourke very publicly, had a meltdown and was like, I was barred from working on that movie because of De Niro. De Niro's like, I don't fucking care about you. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I think, I truly think that it's like, maybe he was kicking around the idea. It's a Martin Scorsese film, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, he's talking with Marty and Marty's like, what do you think about, uh, you worked with him on that movie. What do you think about Mickey Rourke? And that movie like, where you played me. And he was like, ah, I don't like that guy. He's a real fucking asshole. And he treats women poorly. Um, and he's just kind of at pain. 
oh, okay. And then they move, you know what I mean? Like to Robert De Niro, it was just another sentence. And to Marty Scorsese, it was, this is my lead character. Um, you know, he didn't get along with him. We're not going to do it. That doesn't mean you're barred from set. That just means you were a prick to somebody. Also, like, I've seen The Irishman. I can't think of where you put Mickey Rourke in that movie. Was he supposed to be the Daniel Day-Lewis role, maybe? Daniel I can't Lewis see that. Daniel not in that movie. Oh, I'm not thinking of The Irishman. I'm thinking of, what's the one with him and Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, about Tenemy Square? Uh, never mind. I'll think about it in a minute. Control. The Irishman is like a, it's about... Um, De Niro plays a union organizer. Yeah, no, no, I know what that movie is. I don't, I just don't know which it. one I'm thinking of. Our listeners are probably freaking out, going, "It's blah blah blah," but I'm looking it up. Anyway, while I'm doing that, continue. It's um, oh god, what uh, this movie it's was a, a Jimmy lot. Hoffa, it's a Jimmy Hoffa movie. Yeah, I know that's yeah, what I mean. It's a Jimmy Hoffa movie. I know exactly what movie you're talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I think your work was like, I'm supposed to play Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, I bet that's what he thought he was. I can. This is just me, con- mm, pure conjecture, by the way. But like, I feel like that's a thing. Might be kind of a short guy. Yeah, actually, short guy, funky face. I can see that. I can see that. This movie reminded me a lot of Shutter Island. Oh yeah, that's a Scorsese movie. Um, where the rugs pulled out from underneath you. Except right with Shutter Island, like I saw it coming a mile away. The first I, saw I saw this movie, coming, a mile I didn't away. coming a mile away. So, but I think that's because I saw Shutter Island. For, I didn't even see it. I read the book. I read the book Shutter Island. Nerd. How dare you? <laughs> and then it was like, oh, oh, okay. Gangs of New York is what I was thinking of. Um, oh, yeah. That's why I was like, oh, maybe that for movie. the Daniel Day-Lewis movie, you know, but he ended up winning a Best Actor for that award. Oh, no, you're definitely not going to. So like, I don't think you have Mickey the opportunity to, to put that. Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah, exactly. DDL in a movie. You, you're not going to pick Mickey DDL fucking Rourke. Um, that's a movie I was thinking of. Uh, okay. I just want to point out in the De Niro, while we're talking about De Niro as the devil, the two, the law firm that represents him. the It's a Jewish name. It's yeah. Weinsap and Macintosh. Okay. Those are apples. Oh, oh ha ha. Those are types of wah, apples wah, that yeah. he uses to tempt people with mm-hmm. like, money and stuff. I just thought that was That nice is really approach. interesting. It's a very Martin Scorsese layer, isn't it? Yeah, except this movie has nothing to do with Martin Scorsese. Except for the but that's what that, he does. Except for the fact that Robert De Niro played Martin Scorsese. Essentially, this is an Alan was Parker this a movie. Book before it was a movie. No, did you just have a stroke? No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about Shutter Island, and I'm like, I definitely <laughs> understood this movie and picked up like, oh, that's what happened. Do you not remember the beginning when you're like is Falling be- Angel? Oh yeah, that's right. So hmm. <laughs> seriously, did you just have a stroke? Are you okay? I'm just trying to think which you think came out first. Because Shutter Island, that book was out for a minute. Uh, this, I would assume. Oh, well. Sorry. Calling that's Angel that's for a different Heart. podcast called The Ramblings of Cindy and Her Library. You are super scatterbrained today. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, I will say, lastly, this movie, uh, as much as I enjoy it, TriStar released it on a very unfortunate day. Oh, no. TriStar was like, hey, everyone, Angel Heart. It's opening against another movie that no one will ever see called... Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And Lethal Weapon murdered it. Lethal, lethal Weapon becomes a Christmas movie for all men of our my generation. So sorry, bud. I I liked this. Like I said, I like this movie. I'm. I think the reason I picked up on what was going on was because I had read Shutter Island, and so as soon as it was, as soon as he said, "Did you serve?" And he said, yeah, kind of went to basic training, went there for a minute and uh, went a little mental, had a breakdown, came back. As soon as he said that, I went, oh, he's the best. He's who he's looking for. I got drafted and I got a little fucked up in the head, if you, you know, yeah. excuse my French. Uh, and then I came back. I missed the whole thing, the the awards and the parade. And yeah, <laughs> I think it's how he described as it. As soon as he said that, I went, that's the guy. He is the person he is looking for. But I hadn't tied it all together neatly. Like, I think this movie works because it there's like three twists. Yes. And then it kind of gives you one where you're like, because yeah, you, then you get really, I'm ahead of this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I'm smarter than this movie. So I think as you watch this, you're like, oh, so De Niro's definitely the devil. Right. Right. Like, because he has those long ass fingernails. And then like... They basically give you that. Right. Like softball pitching. And then the rest is. So you're not paying attention 
to the fact that Mickey Rourke is Johnny Favorite. Right. And if you're able to figure that out, then there's the additional knife twist of like, he fucked his daughter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That violent sex he had with Lisa Bonet, that was his daughter. And then he kills her and puts his gun up her is that i think it? he killed her by putting his gun up her well because the implication whatever but so terrific. it's like three kind of twists and then it, it i think it's smart because you kind of even watching this movie the first time i don't think you can watch this and go so uh daenerys the devil right i think you kind of just have that right because he's very like certain property was forfeited <laughs> exactly <laughs> in the event of his death and you're like so you're the fucking devil so that's right? what that is yeah totally um agree. fucking love this movie all right so it's the end of the month my dear we oh. need to oh before let's let's just do this real fast okay let's, let's arc off this we could do this action with yes. yeah not i mean it takes a minute to get there but once it goes it doesn't stop like after the first death yeah they all just come you know, 10, 15 minutes apart. So killing, yes. Uh, revolutionary, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Oratory, yes. Fantasy and fornication, yes. Yeah. So this definitely is an archa- It's a little bit slower than an exploitation uh, movie, but it still technically fits the formula. I like the fact that we were watching this movie and you're like, I thought there was like a lot of sex in this because it's rated X. And then I was like, oh, here's Lisa Bonet. And you're like, here it's we go. Coming. <laughs> here we go. And by it, I mean make you work. Uh, yeah, so what was your favorite kill in this movie? Um, the rich white, his fiance, the rich white debutante lady. Oh, he cut her heart out? Yeah. And would you watch this with your children? No. Would you watch this with your mom? No. <laughs> Some movie where like three quarters of it, you're like, this is fine. I could watch this with anyone. Nope. And then the last like fourth of the movie, you're like, fucking hell no no way would i watch this with negatory good buddy Um, yeah you did mention it is the end of the month and we've done investigative horror and it's actually the end of the season technically the christmas episode so for december our uh the birthday each of us on our birthday months get to choose the theme of the month and my birthday month is december and so the theme is vacation and we take some time off um and that is the end of our season because there are lots of birthdays in my world, including my own on that day. And uh, I just don't have the time. And we're, it's the so end of the yeah, semester for graduate school. We're rather one, kill ourselves. One podcast in the entire month. Right. It's just like the big Christmas episode. So stay tuned for that. But End of the month. So we, we watch Sleepy Hollow, Wicker Man, Angel Heart, and Prisoners. All right. Number four. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. Wicker Man. I did Wicker Man too. Yeah. I like it, but it just... It doesn't stand up as it it's got one twist and everything hinges on that one correct twist. so once you kind of know it, it doesn't work as well for number three i'm going on rewatchability. my number three oh, is, is angel heart my number three is sleepy Hollow. okay i, I get it sleepy Hollow. i do too like my top three i was like it really went back and forth about well how gonna... the only i between angel heart and sleepy hollows surprise number two sleepy hollow was that I can rewatch Sleepy Hollow a million times. It's a f- fun, quote unquote, movie. It's interesting. You can watch it with, you know, preteens. Oh, it's, it's, it's a rewatchable the most movie. Rewatchable of right. the four films we've watched. Angel Heart, not so much. So my number three is Angel Heart. Uh, yeah, my number three is Sleepy Hollow. I do number love it. Number two, Prisoners. <laughs> for me, is Sleepy Hollow. I fucking love Prisoners. And then number one, I loved Prisoners. No, Prisoners is so. It was terrifying. I'll never good. watch it again. But it was a very good movie. I didn't look at my watch, even though it was like almost seven hours long. Two, it two was and a half, really good. No, I agree with you. Um, I went with Angel Heart as my number one because Angel Heart, it just totally worked. I think me. if I had not known the twists in Shutter Island before, you know what I mean? There, There's interesting similarity. Just enough that I was like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Just at the beginning of Shutter Island, when I went back and read it the second time, as you do when you get a mystery book stop looking at me that way uh i was like there's a point where he says something about you know coppers and and post-traumatic stress disorder and the things that can happen and so i was like oh there it is there it is they of course they don't call ptsd but you know what i mean all right which means your number one was angel heart you love it regardless of mickey work being a ridiculous person and robert de niro's long nails that's fine i just this is De Niro at the height of his powers. Like, 
calm mid to late and, 80s de niro is yeah. like de niro because you have like young commands a room you can't not he doesn't have to be big and loud he just has a presence of like oh what's happening buddy you're the devil aren't you like, like the jake the snake roberts of actors yeah i guess like in the 80s jake this like jake all the <laughs> equating this to wrestling every wrestler was like shouted yeah in promos and not jake would just be like let me tell you what's gonna happen. It's terrifying. And everyone would be like, "Ugh." De Niro is historically a very quiet guy. Mm-hmm. Um, not the center of attention. Not the life of the party. But like, I he lets Al Pacino I love, do that. I love this. Yeah, Al Pacino is like fucking. That's why they work well together. They're yin and yang. Uh, I love Robert De Niro movies, and I love this movie. And this movie wouldn't even make my top five Robert De Niro movies. Interesting. Probably. Okay. Definitely not top three. He's just fucking like an incredible actor whose movies I love. Taxi Driver is probably my favorite ever. That's fine. Um, All right. So what are we doing for our Christmas watch this year? Do you even know? You don't yeah, even know. I originally, I kind of thought about doing Jaws 4. Because um, <laughs> it, t- it takes place, place at Christmas. Christmas. Okay. But I think we're going to do Christmas Evil. Christmas Evil. Okay. Uh, well, where? When, what is that movie from? It's like from the, I think the, oh, Lord, 80s. Okay. We'll see how I feel about that. All right. Well, enjoy your holidays, everybody. (laughs) And we will see you at Christmas, if not the new year. So until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay.